Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Playmakers. Welcome back, friends. You know, it's just it's just a good day. It really is. It, it really is. is. It's the new year. It's 2022. We're excited to have you back for another year of more than a season content. Yes, we have exciting plans ahead. We thank you for being here. We know that there's a lot of options out there um, for different communities. So we are so thankful that you chose us and chose to be a part of more than a season. And we just have big, big plans this year. We do. We feel like this is our year. And we probably shouldn't say that because you know what happened in 2020 when everyone was saying that was their (laughs) year. But we are excited for what's to come. We just are so beyond thankful for our community and the amazing women that are a part of it. So if you have done so already can you please pause where you're at right here and follow us and write us a review please that helps us so much on the back end helps people find us share on any social media platforms our podcast page that would be very helpful for us very very helpful and we just wanted to say something real quick because Brittany and I always want to make sure that our mission is clear because the whole reason that we created more than a season was to basically make the best version of yourself to better yourself to feel more confident and then to also just to live life more full with the sports industry thrown in there yes (laughs) as well (laughs) yes and we really like to focus on your relationship with self and your relationship with your significant other as well and to really make that the best possible relationship it can be in all of your relationships within the industry that you're in you know this is why we do all these topic related episodes is so that you can better yourself and you can better those around you and we just felt that with the new year new resolutions we wanted to hone in on our mission and what our objectives are for this year Yeah, and it'll always be an inclusive environment. Uh, I think that we try our hardest always to make sure that everyone feels welcome. So please know that no matter who you are, where you're from, what your story is, that you'll be welcome here at more than a season. So thank you again. And we are excited because this coming weekend into the new week is our first in-person event ever. I know. I cannot believe it's this weekend. This is so crazy. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited to see the bar crawl and like the different stops along the river walk and then also us sweating out all of the bar crawl the next day at the cycling <laughs> class. <laughs> it's going to be so fun. We are going to have such a great time. And if you didn't get a chance to sign up and register, you can definitely message us to see if there are any spots available. And if not, we are planning on doing another in-person event. So stay tuned for that with more details to follow us on our Instagram account so that you can make sure you don't miss any information that we drop. Yeah, you know, we're, we're going to love the in-person events because Brittany and I have, you know, event planning in our blood. So <laughs> it just be on the lookout Get for ready. more of those. Get ready. <laughs> They're coming. Now that we have one and we feel the momentum, it's just not going to stop. So. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and we want to make sure that, like we just mentioned, we're inclusive in everything that we do. And so we know that this one was a little bit more centered around our football community. And we do want to tap into our other industries as well. So if you ever have any ideas for content and for in-person events, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. I think that this event will 
will go well and we'll definitely give some fun updates after uh, what actually happened and behind the scenes of the event happening at that time. But today's episode is really cool because we have never taken a deep dive into gymnastics yet. No, we're so excited to share this episode with you guys. Ashley actually is friends with her and that's how she was introduced to us and to our podcast community. She shares the ins and outs of the gymnastics world. I was blown away because I know that we see all this stuff on TV and with the Olympics. And I think she just gives us that behind the scenes perspective that we're all searching for. Yeah, she does a great job. Her name's Kenzie Halliday. It's Mackenzie, but she will always be Kenzie to me. And um, I was in her wedding. She was in mine. So very good friends growing up. But she honestly had to make a ton of sacrifice to be able to pursue a gymnastics career and lots of aching body parts, lots of um, time spent in the gym. And it is just truly amazing to see her journey. So we cannot wait for you guys to hear this and enjoy this episode. And hopefully uh, you come out with a new perspective. Yes. So thank you so much again for being here, for listening, and we hope you enjoy. We'll see you on the other side. We are so excited for another episode today. Kenzie and I go way back. This is like through the, all the awkward stages of middle school and high school and college and after. So we have been um, best friends since like third grade. We started to you hang out and we lived in the same neighborhood. And being the friend of a gymnast is a lot different than actually being the gymnast, believe it or not. So we're excited to just have her on here and to dive into the gymnastic world. She has done it all. So we're just going to throw it on over to her and let her introduce herself. Hi, thank you so much for having me on the show. I began gymnastics when I was four years old and did it all the way up through college. So I did it for about 18 years, which really just took over my life for those 18 years, but in a good way. I started training in, I'd say in middle school, started training twice a day for close to 40 hours a week and did that all through high school. And like I said, it took over my life, but I don't think I would have been able to get to where I wanted to go without doing that. And after high school, I went to BYU on a division one gymnastics scholarship and was able to do that for four years and loved everything about college gymnastics. Those were my four glory years. (laughs) They were my best years. I reminisce about them all the time. I loved it so much. The environment from club gymnastics to college gymnastics really helped me to thrive in college. And I loved it and was able to compete all four years on all four events. And I, my senior year, I was voted team captain of the team. And then I also won conference gymnast of the year and yeah ever since then I've been reliving (laughs) my glory days of my gymnastics and let's see I graduated in 2016 and since then I got married my senior year of college and I now have two little girls I have a two-year-old and a five-week-old so I'm in full-on mom mode now (laughs) (laughs) crazy So you mentioned 40 hours a week, and I feel like that's just such a crazy number that 
a lot of us can't wrap our heads around Mm -hmm. being in high school and working out 40 hours a week. So I want to hear all about your schedule back then and what that looked like. Yes. So starting in ninth grade with the church I belong to, we do a seminary class, just like a religion class all through high school at 6 a.m. So my day started, I'd go to my seminary class at 6 a.m. My practice started at 7 a.m. And I would practice until about 1030 or so. And then I'd go to school from 11 till about 2.30. Gymnastics started again at three until about six. Go home, eat dinner, do my homework, go to bed, wake up and repeat. (laughs) So that is, that's what I did for four years. And looking back, I don't know how I did it. I'm like, I could never do that now. But something I think that was able to help get me through was I was so good at prioritizing my time and doing what I needed to, to get those things done. I was always super good about staying on top of my homework and my schoolwork and things like that. So I was really good at prioritizing my time. And I think that is really what allowed me to be able to stick to that crazy intense schedule for four years straight. Yeah. And Kenzie, I, I do remember once you started doing gymnastics. So fun little fact is I was in tumbling class at the same gym that she would do (laughs) gymnastics at. So she would be on the beam doing like these wonderful flips. And then I'd be over there learning how to do a cartwheel. So (laughs) we would see each other across the practice floor. But one of the things that I thought was incredible is that you figured out what you wanted to do at such a young age. And I don't know Mm -hmm. how you figured that out. And I don't think we've ever talked about that, but why, or how did you find out this was what you wanted to do? Yeah. So when I was younger, I was kind of in all sorts of sports. I did gymnastics and dance and soccer, just like every little kid does. And it kind of just got to the point where I was good at gymnastics and we needed to make a decision. If gymnastics is what I was going to do, then I wasn't going to have time for these other things, soccer and dance and whatever it may be. And my parents also let me know that if gymnastics was something I was going to continue, it also meant I was going to have to sacrifice some time with friends and going to birthday parties and things like that. And so when the time came to be able to make that decision, I just loved gymnastics so much. And just, I felt like that was, where I was thriving. And that's when I like felt most like myself. And so I decided that that is what that's what I wanted to do. And obviously, throughout the years, especially in middle school and high school, when I was training so much, there were days where I wanted to quit and even weeks. But if I would take a day or two off, I'm like, okay, I miss it so much. Yes, it's so hard on my body physically, mentally. So much about gymnastics is hard, but that was who I was. Gymnastics was like my identity and I loved it so much. And and so that's kind of just what always kept me going. That's crazy. I mean, I played sports growing up, but nothing like gymnastics (laughs) just to me seems like such a mental game. And it seems like you're constantly battling because you are being separated from your friends and doing things that normal quote unquote people (laughs) your age are doing that you don't get to partake in. So what did that look like in terms of like hanging out with people that were gymnasts? Were you guys like a family type of mentality or what did that look like from a team perspective? Absolutely. And honestly, I think that's one of the reasons why 
I struggle making friends is because growing up in gymnastics, you didn't have to try to make friends. Like the girls you practice with were there, whether you liked it or not. And so you guys, we would just become so close and we really were like family. I mean, I spent more time with those girls and with my coaches than I did with my actual family. So they were 100% like my family. And especially in college when, you know, you're away from home, they, those girls are your family and the coaches are like your second parents. You spend so much time with them. You get to know so much about everybody, especially because gymnastics is so hard. It really opens up that vulnerable side in all of us, which I think is what really allows us to grow and to bond together so much. Yeah. I do think that it's important to have that kind of bond with someone because on your team, you guys spend so much time together. And I, I do think that that is a really cool thing that not a lot of sports get to say or talk about. And I want to kind of go to the different levels and the different divisions of gymnastics, because there's not just gymnastics, college, then Olympics, like there is so many other things. So can you kind of give a breakdown of like what the different levels are kind of how you are um, able to advance to the next levels? Yeah, absolutely. So club gymnastics starts at level three is where the competition level starts at and goes all the way up through level 10. And throughout those levels, you have to reach certain scores in order to progress to the next level. And obviously with the next level comes a new set of skills and things that you have to do, requirements. Um, Once you reach level six, that becomes the optional level. So levels three, four, and five are called compulsory, where they have specific routines that you have to do on every event. So every single person across the country is doing the exact same routine. And then once you get to level six, it's called optional and you have specific requirements of skills that you have to do. But other than that, as long as you hit all your requirements, you get to do your own routine. So you get to choose your own floor music. You get to choose your own choreography on floor and beam so it's much more personalized and then again you you score a certain score to be able to move up to the next level and that goes all the way up through level 10 which most gymnasts that go on to the college level come from level 10 but above level 10 is called elite and elite gymnasts are the ones that compete in the olympics and in worlds and all the international competitions And in order to make it to the elite level, you have to do what's called elite testing. And they have specific routines you have to do and scores you have to hit in order to make it to elite, which is very, very difficult. Very, very few gymnasts ever make it to the elite level because it's so hard. And so in that elite level, that's where they compete around the country and they select the Olympic team from the elite girls and the girls that compete internationally. But most of the girls that go to college are level 10s. And so it started happening younger and younger, but in high school, colleges will start reaching out to you. They'll come to competitions. You can kind of advertise yourself to them and getting in contact with colleges. I'd say A lot of girls nowadays are committing by like their sophomore year, um, which school to go to, which is young, (laughs) but you commit to a school and you can sign with the school. Schools have 12 scholarships for gymnastics. And so the rest are walk-ons. 
and they're full scholarships or walk-ons. There's no like, there's no half and half. So you can either commit to a scholarship or if you don't get offered a scholarship, they'll offer to let you walk on the team. And then once you get to college, you have your four years of eligibility. And after that, you're on to normal life. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is crazy. So is there like a age group then that, cause you're saying all these different levels, do you have to be a certain age requirement to be at these different levels? Or could you be like really good and just move up super quickly? So I think you have to be in order to start competing, you have to be five or six to start competing in level three. But then once you are able to hit the scores that you need to score, some people move up super quick and others, it takes them a few years in the same level in order to be ready to move up. And obviously if you, you know, hit the score you need to, but you and your parents and your coaches don't feel like you're ready to move up, you can do the same level again the next year and then move up. So it really just depends. I think I did level six twice. And other than that, I moved up a level every year. And then did you ever want to do like elite gymnastics or were you pretty set on like going to college and doing the collegiate route? So I think it's every little girl's dream to go to the Olympics, which I definitely wanted to do. And some of the training aspects were there. Yes. However, once it kind of got down to it, when seventh, eighth, ninth grade came along, I kind of realized, okay, I have two routes. I either need to take the elite route or take the college route. And while the elite route could have been a possibility, I also really enjoyed hanging out with my friends late on Saturday nights and having a little bit of a life. And after visiting some colleges and things like that, I just set my mind to wanting to do college gymnastics. And And that was, that was honestly the right track for me. Yeah. I think that it, it really does come down to the ultimate sacrifice. It's like, do you sacrifice majority of your youth to go towards a goal that most people don't even reach and you're fighting and fighting to get to be, you know, how many people are on a team at 10, 12, how many people make the team in college? It's, I mean, obviously it's different from any school. I would say between like 12 and 20 is probably average for college. I just think that's crazy because you see all these little girls competing and doing all these things. And in the back of your mind, being an adult, you're like, I know that there's only going to be like 12 that make it or 20. That's just crazy to me. I want you to tell us how many injuries you had, because I know that with training, (laughs) there comes a lot. And there was a time in high school where she came to school and I'm going to call her out and had the biggest bruise on the side of her leg because she had fallen on the beam. And so I just want you to kind of dive into what have you injured and how does that affect you now in the role that you're in as a mom? Okay. If I talked about every single injury I had, we would be here for the next three weeks, (laughs) but I will say most of my injuries were very minor, just kind of things like sprained ankle, maybe a little bit of wrist pain due to like overtraining or something like that. So a lot of my injuries were very minor and would go away within a few weeks, just taking a little bit of time off. Um, And I also will say that I have been very blessed injury-wise. I know a ton of girls that have had career-ending injuries, whether that is in club gymnastics or in college, and that's a really rough way to go out of the sport. So I am super blessed that, yes, I have had some 
pretty good injuries, but I have been so blessed that it hasn't, it never affected my gymnastics and what I was able to do. In high school, I would say my biggest injury is I fractured my foot and then I had a stress fracture in my back. Luckily, I was able to compete most of the year with both of those injuries and then take time off during the off season afterwards. And yes, I wish I could tell you, Ashley, that that was the only time I split the beam and got a bruise on my leg. <laughs> but unfortunately, it's not. That is something that unfortunately just happens on somewhat of a regular basis. And it actually happened my freshman year in college at one of my very first meets. And it was actually a meet in Texas. So my whole family was there and whatnot. And I split the beam in my competition routine on like my second skill and hit my leg so hard that it gave me like a dead leg. I like could no longer use the muscles in that leg, but I still had to get up and finish my beam routine. And it was, it was so miserable. And for the next probably eight weeks, just had this watermelon size black and blue bruise <laughs> on my leg. Oh my goodness. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> but splitting the beam isn't the worst because it's the pain right then is miserable. But then after that, it's just kind of dealing with the bruise. So it's not too bad. Um, my sophomore year in college, I tore my labrum in my shoulder. I didn't know it until after the season though. And the surgery with a labrum is like a nine month recovery. And so the option was to either finish gymnastics and get surgery after if I could push through the pain or to get surgery. And I would probably have to redshirt a year. And I really didn't want to have to redshirt a year. So I did tons of therapy on my shoulder, got it in a good spot and just kind of looked after it and was able to finish just before my senior year. I tore my labrum in my other shoulder. So I competed my senior year with a torn labrum in both shoulders, which was it was a challenge, but I am very glad that I went ahead and pushed through. You are killing me. You're like, you're like <laughs> the biggest injuries. Yeah. She's like, I'm blessed. I literally <laughs> just pushed through. It's just, it just cracks me up because it's like, this is a lot of painful things that you had to push through. And I know that other girls have to go through this as well. And I, I don't yeah. know how you were just like, I'm just going to keep, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> yeah. But I think growing up in gymnastics, Physical pain was something that I have become so familiar with. I mean, to non-gymnasts, it's like traumatic. But for me and seeing how much worse it was for the other, some of the other girls around me, I really did feel very blessed. I've had so many surgeries and I'm just thinking like I couldn't have played through or done, you know what I mean? Like that's just a mental, yeah. that takes a lot of 100%. That's yes. not just because it's not physical anymore. I mean, at least I don't think so. I think it's a lot more mental. Like you, yes. you have to kind of mentally get through that block of like not experiencing that pain again. And because mm -hmm. you know how that feels when you experience that pain and you can kind of like think back to it. So I'm going to kind of bring in the Olympics a little bit here, but like with Simone Biles and everything that just went on this past year with her taking a pause for her mental health and being able to kind of separate that. Did you ever experience anything when you were in gymnastics where you were like mentally just not there or ready to compete, but you still had to kind of push through? Yeah, definitely. I, and I think every gymnast and every athlete can say that 
And lucky for me, I never experienced it on a long-term basis, but there were definitely days that were very hard mentally. And yes, I definitely got, I know Simone has talked about the twisties and I've definitely gotten the twisties and they're extremely scary and definitely give you a hard time mentally. In college gymnastics, we definitely focused a lot more on mental health than we ever did in club gymnastics. In club gymnastics, mental health was like not a thing. We didn't, we didn't talk about our feelings. We didn't talk about what was hurting. We didn't talk about what was scaring us. That's, that's how club gymnastics was at the time. And I think with all the stuff, with all this mental health push going on, both in gymnastics and just in the world, it's becoming more of a thing to talk about in club gymnastics. But when I was in there, it wasn't a thing. We didn't tell the coaches when we were hurting. Otherwise, we were getting in trouble. But in college gymnastics, we focused so much on mental health and training our brains just as much as we are training our bodies because college gymnastics, you can do all the skills. It's not so much physical anymore. It's all about mastering the mental side. And if you can really master that mental side of gymnastics, then you are going to thrive. And that's where I think I was able to see a huge jump in my career was in college gymnastics, because I was able to get so good about mastering the mental side of gymnastics. And that's become something I'm so passionate about just learning things about the brain and the mind and how it works and how your mind controls your body in every single aspect. And that's one of the reasons that I was able to be so successful in my career. Yeah. I felt like with Simone, she got a lot of backlash, which I, of course, I didn't have an opinion because I was like, I'm not a gymnast. I'm not even in that realm of what she's feeling. And I think that with the twisties, I think I'm going to explain it a little bit because some people may not know what that is, (laughs) but it's where, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Kenzie, but it's where you're basically not sure where you're flipping, like when you're upside down. And I feel like it is so scary because there is multiple flips happening within one flip of its own. And so to be able to lose track of where you're at upside down is terrifying. And I, I just can't imagine that. And I know that even for you, you could do like double backflip and it is like, you have to constantly be in tune with your mental health for that. And where do you think that that happens though with gymnasts is where does the mind kind of take over you? Is it because it's so competitive and you feel like you're not good enough or is it the constant pressure of having to like perfect a skill? So I think it's a combination of a few things. I think the first comes from when you're learning a new skill and obviously when you're flipping your body through the air and going upside down, it is very scary when you're learning a new skill and you're not quite confident in what you're doing. So I think that's definitely the first piece, learning a new skill and having to overcome that fear and trusting yourself and your body that it it will do it if you allow it to. I think part of it comes from we, especially Simone, me not anywhere close to what she got, but just the pressure from ourselves, our coaches, you know, for Simone, it's the fans and all the people watching to be able to hit your routine at a specific time and make a certain score. And so that definitely can mess with your mind and you feel that pressure and you start to almost second guess what you know how to do, but you start to think that you can't do it anymore. And so I think a lot of that does come from the pressure and just having to rely on your body that 
your body knows what to do, even if your mind is a little bit shaky, but if you rely on that muscle memory that you'll be able to overcome some of those things. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And do you think that you would let your girls do gymnastics at a young age? Do you think that you have any hesitations with anything that you had gone through to let them kind of follow in the same path? My daughter, Brooklyn, who's two is actually in a preschool gymnastics class. And it's not, not at all because I want to put her in gymnastics. It's more so just because she's a rambunctious two-year-old and I need to get her out of the house, let her run around, do her forward rolls, climb up on the mats and whatnot. So that's a lot of fun. My view of it is if my girls want to do gymnastics, I will 100% let them do gymnastics. If they want to do another sport, I am 100% okay with them doing another sport. I think that there is so many benefits other than just the physical aspects of sports that I would like to introduce them to sports. And I'm hoping that they'll be able to stick with one. If not, you know, that's fine. But I do think that there are so, so many benefits that apply to you even after you finish the sport that, you know, sports bring. So if they're fine with gymnastics, then I will hop on board. I know what kind of sacrifices those take. So they will be prepared to (laughs) take on those sacrifices. And if it's another sport, then I am full on board with that too. Yeah, that's a great answer. I I do want to talk about life, like once gymnastics ends and the whole sport ends, what usually happens to most gymnasts and what is kind of that pattern of what life is like? And then what was your experience like? Yeah, great question. Obviously, that last meet is very emotional. I mean, you've dedicated so much of your life to the sport and you no longer have it anymore. And it's not a sport like football where it's like, oh, you're bored on a Saturday. Let's go out in the backyard and toss a football. It's not like, oh, let's go to the gym and and swing on the bars on a Saturday. (laughs) So it's like, once you're done, you're pretty much done. I mean, there's a little bit of things you can do that are fun and trampoline and whatnot. But for the most part, when you're done, you're done. And I think a lot of girls like to take on a career afterwards. And I think it's very popular growing up in the sports industry to do something relating to sports, whether that's coaching gymnastics, whether that's going into like personal training or strength and conditioning, whether that's going into coaching college gymnastics or um, being an athletic trainer and even like going into um, nursing and things like that are also very popular. Just, I think from being in the healthcare and the sports world, that's, That's a lot of what we know and what we're familiar with. For me, when I graduated, I got my personal training certification and did personal training. And I also coached club gymnastics for a few years up until I had my daughter, Brooklyn, who's now two. And since having her, I haven't formally worked. I've done a little bit of personal training, a little bit of coaching on the side, but I've for the most part been a full-time mom and recently had my second little girl. So right now sleep is very minimal, but (laughs) we are getting by and being a mom is extremely difficult. 18 years of gymnastics is hard. There are some things about being a mom that are much harder than those 18 years of gymnastics, but in the same way, it's those hard times that make it so great. So that's what I love about it. Yeah. Okay. So random question, but what's harder going from no kids to one kid or one kid to two so far? I know you're like only a few weeks in. Yes. We're early in. So my answer might change. 
I think for me going from no kids to one was harder, especially since I had a really hard recovery with my first and had some pretty bad postpartum depression. With this one, I feel like I already knew what to expect and could prepare a little bit better. So it's been a little bit of an easier transition, even though we've been dealing with lack of sleep and toddler tantrums and things like that. With the conversations of being more open about mental health um, in the competitive industry, not college, but Before that, do you think that you see a positive change that more people are being able to speak out about how they feel? I know that the coaches are very intense and I feel like it, it starts at the top. So do you feel like it's starting to change? Absolutely. I think it is. Like I said, when I was in club gymnastics, the coaches I had for most of my club career were Russian coaches and they were very, very intense, very hard on us. And I'm actually very appreciative of that because it made me into the gymnast that I was able to be, but it also came with the culture of you didn't talk about when you were hurt. You didn't talk about when you were um, struggling with something mentally, whether it had to do with fear or whatnot, because when you told the coaches about an injury you were having, you got in trouble and you were told to go do conditioning or you were sent home or whatever it may be. So we just learned when we were in pain, when we were having a hard time, we didn't say anything. We never spoke up. We just pushed through the pain. And oftentimes that led to worse injuries from pushing through when we were hurting. But I would 100% say it is becoming a lot more um, common to be able to talk about our mental health, to be able to speak up when you're having an issue, when you're having a problem, when you're having an injury. And I think that is really great for the sport of gymnastics, because I think there's a very large stigma around the mental health of gymnasts, which is something that is needs to be brought to light because it is such a big problem with how, how hard coaches are on gymnasts and creating a lot of problems that exist, not just during gymnastics, but after gymnastics not even from physical injuries, but even things like eating disorders and things like that have been very popular in the sport of gymnastics in the past and are now becoming, it's becoming a lot more healthy environment for gymnasts, mentally, physically, things like that. So I'm definitely seeing a huge step, especially with all these elite gymnasts coming out and talking about their struggles. It has helped kind of down the chain gymnasts being able to come forward with what they're having problem with. That's awesome. That's so great. I feel like that's such a good change to have. And just thinking about like you not being able to say like when you're in pain or, you know, mental things that you're dealing with, I feel like that would be really hard on like your parents. Like, were you able to come home and like share your experiences with them? Or was it kind of like what happened at gymnastics bled into your regular life as well? Luckily my parents, are so great. And so I was able to, I felt 100% comfortable to be able to come home and talk about what happened to gymnastics, whether things were hurting or not. And the hard thing with gymnastics is coaches are very, very passionate, which also means that they're very, very stubborn and set in their ways. Mm -hmm. So sometimes even when, if an injury was bad enough and a parent would have to come in and talk to a coach about it, they were still very, very hesitant to want to cooperate with the parent and take time off. And even if you would go to the doctor and they're like, 
you've got a bad sprain, you need to take six weeks off. Gymnastics, that is a very long time to take off. Mm -hmm. So that is not what a coach wanted to hear. So even coming from like a parent or a doctor, they were still very, very hesitant to want to take upon what you got to do to take care of your injury. That's so crazy. That's nuts. That is crazy. So weird. That is very, very crazy. So you have a podcast. I want to talk about that a little bit. This has been your passion project. Um, it has been really cool to see it thrive and grow. So tell us a little bit about that and why you decided to start it. Oh, thank you. So my podcast is called Elite with Mackenzie Halliday. And I had been having this thought to start a podcast for a long time. And after about a year of having this on my heart, it was so heavy in my heart that I was like, okay, I can't put this off any longer. I just need to get started. I was like, I don't know anything about starting a a podcast. And so I reached out to you, Ashley. I was like, you got to tell me all the things because it's very intimidating starting something that you know nothing about. And I think that's so often why we put off these things we want to do because we don't know how to do them. But obviously the only way to learn how to do them is to start and to learn as you go. And so that's what I did. And my podcast is all about, um, it's having to do with personal growth and My thing with my podcast is I want to inspire people to live their best life. So whether my episode is teaching them something, whether it is making them laugh, making them smile, sharing something informative, something that can help them live their best life, that is my goal. So that's what we talk about on my show, whatever we can do to live our best lives. So that's what I'm all about. Love it. Love it. And so we always ask this last question, but it is, if you could go back in time and tell yourself just starting out in gymnastics, one thing that you've learned that helps you to be the person that you are now, what would that be? 100% I would say life happens for you, not to you. And that is what I'm all about now. That is what helps me get through hard times is you go through a hard time because in the future you need to go through that thing to get through the next thing. So life happens for you. It helps you grow and hard times are hard, but you would never get to where you are if you don't go through those hard times. So life happens for you, not to you. That's what I would tell myself. Ooh, that's a good one. We haven't heard that one yet. And, and we just appreciate you coming on and sharing all the things about gymnastics. And if our listeners want to find you or see where you're at, where should they locate you? I'm most on Instagram and it's at Ken's Halliday. That's where I do most of my social on. Yeah. That's awesome. awesome. Well, thank you so much again for being on the podcast. We love talking to you. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. And thank you for everyone that's listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on more than a season podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at more than a season podcast for the latest updates. If you enjoyed this episode, please download, subscribe, or leave us a review on your choice of platform. See you next time. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.